Eric Busby presents Cascade. Episode 1, The Paradigm Shift. Written by Eric Busby. It was only 24 hours after the skies went back to normal that the first of the anomalies occurred. A convicted killer named Robert Mills broke out of prison. He's coming up the hallways, Warden. Nothing seems to stop him. He's torn apart everyone who's gotten in his way. How the hell did he get out of his cell in the first place? That's just it. He smashed his way out. He ripped the bar out of the wall and threw it like it was a paperweight. Okay, people. In a few moments, the worst serial killer the state of Maine has ever seen is coming through that door. I don't have to remind you how many people he killed. Or eaten. But we can't let him get away. The damage he could cause would be, well, bad. So we have to stop him, and we have to stop him here. But why is he coming up here? He thinks he can jump over the wall from up here. Can he? Not unless he can fly, sir. Did you see that? That door is like something you'd see on a bank vault. And I just knocked it down. <laughs> this is friggin' awesome. Robert Mills. As the warden of this prison, I insist you return to your cell this minute! You insist? <sighs> I think I'd rather die. I've been locked up in there for the last five years. You killed over half a dozen people. You're serving several life sentences. After what you did, it's a miracle you didn't get the death penalty. Now return to your cell at once. We're not letting you out of here, Mills. Return to your cell! <laughs> no chance in hell. It doesn't have to be this way, son. Actually, yeah, it does. Don't call me son. My father used to call me that just before he would beat me. I bet you didn't know that. Well, if you're curious, that's why I killed him. Just like I'm gonna do to anyone who stands in my way. Have it your way. Open fire! I, I don't believe it. That's, that's not possible. The bullets! They just... They just bounced off of him. I'm bulletproof? Son of a bitch. I'm bulletproof. Mills, go back to your cell this instant. Or what, you'll throw a rock at me? Listen, I'm not that bad of a guy once you get to know me. I mean, yeah, I kill and eat people, but they just taste so great with my mom's barbecue sauce. Warden, my mom's barbecue sauce is hot stuff. There is nothing you can do to stop me, but I'll tell you what. I'm gonna cut you a break anyways, Warden. A break? What do you mean? I'm gonna let you live. For now, anyways. But I am gonna make a stop by your home. You have such 
pasty looking children. That wife of yours, she looks positively delicious. You, you, you wouldn't dare. I would, and I'm going to. Bye-bye, Warden. It's been fun. <laughs> now let's see if I can't just hop down from here. Oh my gosh! Would you look at that? Seems I can fly, too! Man, this is great! Check it out, Warden. It's the first case of flight and flight. Robert Mills was true to his word. After flying out of prison, he made his way to the warden's home and slaughtered his family. Police quickly responded, but when they arrived on the scene, they quickly found they were too late. Two days later, the warden put a gun in his mouth and took his own life. Robert Mills added four more people to his ever-growing list of victims. He now had powers that set him above normal people. And that list grew longer with each passing day, and it continued to grow until others like him stepped up and put a stop to his killing spree. But that's a tale for later. I'm getting ahead of myself. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Joshua Colden. I am, or rather was, a doctor of astronomy. I'm the man who discovered Cascade. Cascade is my own name for what we in the scientific field call a rogue planet. Not just any rogue planet, though, a very specific one. Perhaps a better term would be orphan planet. Simply put, it is a world that is not part of a star system and therefore drifts through the galaxy. So what does this have to do with Robert Mills and other people gaining superpowers? Well, allow me to explain. You see, for me, this all began some time ago. It was late one night in October when I made the discovery. The lab was pretty much empty at the time. Only myself and my so-called partner were on duty. There were a number of Halloween decorations hanging on the walls. Not that I paid them much attention. After many weeks, I had time to access the latest data from the Hubble telescope. I had put in a request for access almost a year before. Seems the waiting list for a chance to see this information, unfiltered by NASA's team of astronomers, is somewhat… long. But everything changed that night. I was hooked into the system and observing the heavens. The planet Saturn had a strange hexagon weather pattern at its north pole. I was writing a new paper on it as I had come up with a new theory on why the weather on this ringed planet would cause this shape to come about in the first place. And that's when I first noticed something strange. Hey, Todd, uh, can you come over here, please? Kind of busy, Josh. I've got this little prick on the rope. At long last, I might be able to beat this snot-nosed bastard. Yeah, sure, all right, yeah, that's great, but I kind of need you to... But nothing. I've been playing chess against this pinhead for almost two years. Never beaten him once. But now, now I've got him. I'll have him made it in two moves. Todd, I really need... I wouldn't mind losing so much if he didn't make such a big deal out of it. I mean, first he posted the results on Facebook so all the world can see my shame. But then he films himself while playing and puts it on YouTube with music and everything. He brags about how great a player he is. I mean, come on, dude. Not so cool. Todd! 
You know, I don't give a rat's ass about your chest vendetta. Just get over here. This is important. But, but nothing. You seem to forget you work for me, not the other way around. When I say come over here, you come over here. Now do it. Fine. But you're off my Christmas card list this year. I'm Jewish. So, what's so important that I have to lose yet another game to Biffy the Chess Nerd? I was trying to get a detailed look at Saturn. Yeah, and? You've seen Saturn before, I take it. Of course I have. That's not the point. When I was focusing on the Northern Pole, I noticed something in the distance, so I took a closer look at it. And then, I saw this. What is that? One of Saturn's moons? No, it's not. In fact, it isn't even in orbit of Saturn. It's too far out. If anything, it seems to be passing nearby on its way someplace else. Are you trying to tell me that's another planet? That is exactly what I'm saying. But that's impossible. There are only eight planets in the solar system. And Pluto. Oh, don't start the whole Pluto thing again. It's not a planet anymore. Todd! Fine, fine. But where has this one been hiding? Someone would have seen it before now. I don't think it comes from our star system. I mean, look at its trajectory. If this is right, at the moment it's simply passing through our solar system. It's not part of it. Then where is it heading? I'm not 100% certain. Yet. All I can tell is it's moving toward the inner planets of our solar system. Good lord. This beats a chess game any day. You know what this means, don't you? Yeah, there's a new planet in our solar system. Well, yes, there is that. But you're also about to become a very famous man. News of the rogue planet made headlines. People would stay out at night with telescopes hoping for a chance to see the alien world for themselves. I, however, found myself making a lot of TV appearances. MSNBC, Fox News, 60 Minutes, CNN, BBC America, late night talk shows, the lot went on. It was a cascade event on my life. Overnight, I went from being just a blue collar astronomer to something of a celebrity figure. They even wanted me to make an appearance on CSI Portland. I think because of all of that that I chose to call the rogue planet Cascade. Of course, how this was going to affect the world was only starting. For the most part, people were very accepting of the stellar event. Of course, there were the odd number of doomsayers popping up here and there, all claiming that Cascade would slam into the earth and end all life but for the most part, people took no notice of these people. Until a southern preacher named Nathaniel Seaver made a worldwide broadcast one Sunday afternoon. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I come before you one and all in our greatest hour of need. I speak now of the visitor amid our skies, the object which the heathen atheists refer to as Cascade. They would have you believe this is nothing more than a planet that is crossing through our solar system. Yet in truth, it is something much more. Last night, our Lord Christ gave unto me a vision, a vision that speaks the truth for what awaits us all. Our leaders and their so-called scientists would have you believe there is no threat from Cascade. I know now that Cascade has not come to delight us with the wonders of the stars, but to be God's final judgment upon us all. 
it has been sent to cleanse the earth of those who do not believe in the holy name of Christ. To cast the sinners into the eternal lake of fire. Yes, my brothers and sisters, we face a time of great change. For in less than one year's time, cascades shall fall upon us all. We must reach out to those who have still not heard the word of God, or those that refuse to listen, for our time here grows very short. But I cannot do this alone, ladies and gentlemen. I need your help to reach the masses. You will see a phone number at the bottom of your screen. I ask you, I beg you, to give all that you can. We must make all see the truth of what is to come. The salvation of their souls depends on what we do now. Well, it started. Surprised it took this long, really. Huh? What do you mean? Doomsayers have been prophesizing death and the end of the world since... Well, forever, really. Every time there's an eclipse, there is some nutjob out there who thinks the world is going to end. When the year 2000 rolled around, there were people who thought the world was going to end. It happened again in 2012. March 10th, 2016. The list goes on. But now, we got this big old planet moving through our skies. It was bound to stir up the nut chops at some point. But we've given the scientific proof the Cascade is not going to hit the Earth. For the love of Pete, it's not even on the right orbital plan. The, the best that's going to happen is you'll be able to look up and see a little green ball in the night sky. And that little green ball is more than enough to scare people into making stupid choices and be taken advantage of. Yeah. So do you think it's going to get worse? <laughs> you can bet on it. Every day, Cascade got a little larger in the evening sky. Every day, people's fear of it grew that much more. It didn't matter how many times we told them that there was nothing to fear from the rogue planet, but there was no chance that it would collide with the Earth. No one seemed to want to believe that. It did not make things any easier. Riots started. Law and order broke down in places. Some people took their own lives out of fear. A week from Halloween, Cascade was at its close point to the Earth. It filled the sky a little larger than the full moon did. It gave everything around an eerie, greenish glow. After that, as it continued on its way, it got a little smaller with each passing day. But that did nothing to stop the doomsayers. They kept preaching doomsday, and people kept eating their fear up. On the bright side of things, when Cascade was at its closest point to Earth, NASA was able to launch a space probe, giving us our first real chance to make an in-depth study of the planet. What we discovered was very surprising, to say the least. As you can see here, Madam President, we've discovered what seems to be an organic compound in the Cascade atmosphere. It's what's giving the planet its greenish-black appearance. Organic? Do you mean to say Cascade is... alive? Uh, possibly. We're not certain. We only know that there are organic compounds floating about in the planet gases. But that's all Cascade is, really. It's just a gas giant, kind of like Jupiter and Saturn are. It does not have a solid surface as the Earth does, Madam President. I was able to pick up on that, Joffrey, but thank you for taking the time to point it out all the same. Please continue, Dr. Colden. Well... This is where things get a little strange. The probe discovered that organic matter 
is giving off massive amounts of what we first thought was gamma radiation, only it's not gamma radiation. If it's not gamma radiation, then what is it? Well, we don't know. We've never seen anything like this before. It acts like radiation. It reads like radiation in, in all our telemetry. But it's not radiation, at least not a form we've encountered before. Is there any chance it'll have harmful effects to us here on Earth? No. C Cascade is too far away. Uh, but there's more. What else is there? It's hard to believe, but um, Cascade is changing course. Changing course? To where? I thought you told us all it would pass out of our solar system in another three years. And if it had held its original course, it would have. But for some reason, the gravitational effect of the sun has caused Cascade's path to change. As you can see from this chart, Cascade's new path will cause it to come very close to our sun. But it's just going to pass the sun, right? The first time, yes. The second time, no. Cascade will get close enough to the sun that the sun's gravity will grab hold of Cascade, causing it to swing around and to fall into the sun itself. Cascade is going to crash into the sun. Yes, ma'am. Doctor, would you be so kind as to tell me exactly what we can expect to happen then? Well, our best guess is it'll be swallowed up by the sun. Cascade's a large world, almost as big as Jupiter, but it's, it's nothing compared to the sun. But will it have any effect on the sun? Or us? No, I don't think so. You don't think so? Well, we're just speculating at this point, making educated guesses. Our best guess, so to speak. You're supposed to be the expert on this thing, Doctor. You want to tell me why you're not certain on what's going to happen? Well, forgive me, Madam President, but nothing like this has ever happened in the history of the human race. The majority of Cascade's mass is made up of highly concentrated gases. Most of these will, we assume, will burn off upon impact, but we have no way of knowing for certain. We're doing the best we can with what information we have. I see. Can you tell me what we do know for certain? Well, the one immutable fact that is undeniable at this point is that on Christmas Day, Cascade will plunge into our sun, and there's nothing we can do to stop that. Well, I think we can all agree it would be best to keep that information to ourselves for the time being. We're going to have a hell of a time spending it positively. Do you know how bad things are going to get when the public learns Cascade is going to collide with the sun? All we have to do is be honest with people. Just explain there's nothing to fear, that all will be well. All will be well? With some alien planet smashing into the sun. You really believe that people will just sit back and relax, Doctor? <laughs> I admire your ideals. And in an ideal world, there would be nothing to fear. But this is the real world. Nothing we say is going to matter. People are afraid now. When they learn where Cascade is going, there's going to be mass panic. More riots will soon follow. Chaos. We'll be lucky if we're able to maintain any order. You really think things will get that bad? Oh, I do indeed, Doctor. I do indeed. Truer words may never have been spoken. When the world learned the fate of Cascade, chaos became the rule of the day. Once again, riots broke out across the globe in all major cities. Suicide rates skyrocketed. Wars broke out, 
in the Middle East, Israel unleashed nuclear death upon the Arab nations that surrounded them. Of course, not to be put down, those same surrounding Arab nations retaliated by detonating dirty bombs throughout the holy nations. Fear had done what a thousand years of conflict had failed to do. The whole Middle East had been transformed into radioactive wasteland, unable to support human life. Closer to home, a small civil conflict broke out against the conservatives and the liberals. It got so bad that in the end, the state of Texas seceded from the Union and became its own sovereign nation, now known as the Republic of Texas. Texas was looked upon as a conservative paradise, where freedom was the law of the day, so long as you could afford it. Those in the new Texas government also vowed to unleash what nuclear armaments they had control of upon the United States should any attempt be made to re-annex Texas back into the Union. All the while, Cascade grew even closer to the sun. The day would become known as Black Christmas. No one celebrated Christmas holiday that year. Not outwardly, anyway. Everyone sat on the edge of their seats, watching, waiting to see what would happen when Cascade fell into the sun. As predicted, the rogue planet first passed to the sun, and several hours later, Cascade turned back on its orbit and began its final descent. When the moment came, Cascade passed into our star. In a handful of moments, Cascade was completely enveloped into the raging solar fires of the sun, fading from all existence. And then, nothing happened. At least not at first. The sun continued to burn in the sky. It did not explode. It did not darken. Not long after, the first of the black-green sunspots appeared. They were small at first, like a pimple on the face of the sun, but more started to spring up, slowly spreading across the surface of the sun. By New Year's Day, the sun was no longer yellow. Instead, a broiling mass of black and green energy burning in the heart of our solar system. Just looking at the sun as it rose in the morning was creepy as hell. While people panicked, others looked for someone to blame and pointed the finger of blame at me. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we are being tested. Yes, God has chosen this hour, this very hour, to test the faithful. I see who is worthy of his love and blessing, who will submit to his will and turn to him in this great hour of need. You have seen what has been brought to us all, what the so-called scientists have done to our son. Yes, they say the visitor to our skies is to blame for this, but I say that nothing short than the punishment of God is responsible for this. It is the punishment of God for man's sinful ways. It is a warning to us all to repent for our sins. But that warning has fallen upon deaf ears, as the likes of Dr. Joshua Colden would rather study the events of the skies. This man is a fool. 
His actions have brought us to the brink of death. Had he repented of his way, God would have spared us his judgment. Yet now I fear it is too late to save him. But not for you, my brothers and sisters. Repent, my brothers and sisters. Repent. Pray to God to deliver us from our hour of darkness. I shouldn't have been surprised by what happened next. I became the most hated man on the planet. The Republic of Texas put a bounty out on me. They would pay 20 million Republican credits to whoever delivered me to them, dead or alive. I thought it was funny at first, like some bad joke. I didn't give it a lot of thought, until someone tried to kill me. All our detectors are picking up the same thing. The sun is now giving off the same organic radiation that we picked up on Cascade. And it's everywhere. It's bathing the whole solar system in it. I can't tell if it's having much effect on anything, though. Have you looked out the window lately? Everything's green now. And I'm not talking grass and trees. The sky, it's green. The sun's green. Apart from that, the radiation is not having an effect on anything. So far. Yeah, well, let's hope it stays that way. Come in. What is it? Excuse me, I was told that I could find Dr. Colden here. Yes, I'm Dr. Colden. What do you want? I want you. Whoa, whoa, uh, oh, hey, whoa, whoa, what the hell are you doing? You've been listening to Cascade, Episode 1, The Paradigm Shift. Featured in the cast were Darren Marlar as Dr. Colden, Chip Joel as Todd, Christopher Poyer as Robert Mills, George S. Nader as Reverend Seaver, John Tatterzak as The Warden, A.J. Clarkson as The President, Julian Bain as The Presidential Aide, Eric Busby as The Visitor, and Russell Gold and Michael Liebman as The Prison Guards. This episode was written, produced, and directed by Eric Busby. Script director was George S. Nader. Sound design by Eric Busby. Music by Kevin McLeod and Ambient Light. Cascade theme by Kai Hartwig. This is Darren Marlar. You've been listening to an Eric Busby production. 